Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. It is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Thank you for joining us. I hope uh, everyone had a, a good day yesterday uh, celebrating our country, such as it is. I talked about that in my podcast yesterday morning, that uh, even though uh, there are a lot of things wrong with this country and getting worse by the minute, as we're going to be talking uh, to Randy about today, uh, it is still a great country and one that we have the freedom to uh, do podcasts like this and expose some of the lies that are out there and share boldly the gospel and the, the good news of God's Word. And so uh, I that's what I tell myself each year on July 4th. Of course, I've been awake to the realities of the Luciferian conspiracy for uh, coming up on 20 years now. And uh, so every July 4th is kind of mixed emotions, but I've learned to just be thankful for the things that we're thankful for and leave the rest of it uh, to the Lord. So it is Wednesday, and that means it's time uh, for our world events update with Randy. I'll bring him on uh, in a moment. But um, I came across a an interesting quote uh, that uh, one of our awesome listeners alerted me to recently. Uh, we have the best listeners and viewers and constituents, I think, of any ministry out there. I just love you guys. Appreciate uh, the encouragement that you give and the the news items that you pass along. And uh, I know sometimes I bemoan all of the uh, emails that we get, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Even though I get stressed sometimes because I don't have the time to reply to them all, I am very grateful for those of you uh, who uh, who reach out. Uh, just be patient with us as we sometimes uh, take a while to get back to you. But uh, there was a, a 1951 sci-fi movie called When Worlds Collide. I had not heard of it, but I looked it up. I didn't recognize any of the uh, actors, but it's about the coming destruction of the Earth by a rogue star called Belus and the desperate efforts to build a space ark that they were going to use to transport a group of men and women to Belus's single planet, Zira, uh, to keep them away from harm's uh, out of harm's way, if you will. Well, in the opening of the movie, they they quote from the Book of Genesis, and uh, they narrate. Uh, you know, a little bit about God's decision to wipe out humanity with the global flood. But the plot of the movie involves a scientist named uh, Dr. Cole Hendren, who uh, addresses the UN, trying to convince them of the looming threat. And he explains the imminent danger as approaching, quote, just as the train looms in the distance and is suddenly upon you. And that's the quote that caught my eye, just as the train looms in the distance and is suddenly upon you. I don't know if you've ever been driving along uh, a highway some time, and especially at night, and you can kind of look up ahead, usually uh, on the opposite side of the uh, the road, uh, and you realize, oh, there must be a train track, because way off in the distance, I can see the light of the engine, and it's coming this way. and And it seems like it's further away than it is, and then all of a sudden you hear the horn. Uh, maybe it's passing over a, a railroad uh, crossing or something, and it sounds the horn, and man, it just catches you off guard, and you realize that train is right beside you. Uh, that's kind of the, the word picture here that we get from this movie, and I think it's an apt description of all that is happening in the world today. The train is looming in the distance, but suddenly it is going to be uh, upon us, and um, this week, we've already had some some great discussions of some of the world events and news items that are uh, that are certainly setting the stage for the coming of the Lord. On Monday, I was with David Fiorazzo, 
on a very special edition of the Stand Up for the Truth radio program. It was David's last time hosting that uh, great program, and he's now moving on to do some solo work, and we'll we'll be in regular contact with David. In fact, he and I have already talked about uh, collaborating on some uh, programs uh, together, uh, and I'll still continue to be a, a regular guest on Stand Up for the Truth with a new host, but I encourage you to check that out uh, from uh, Monday, and uh, and then uh, on uh, yesterday, Tuesday, July 4th, I uh, gave a, a replay of a podcast called Why America Needs the Church, and then uh, Thursday, tomorrow, uh, we'll have our technology expert Shane on. We're calling it an avalanche of technology and the Antichrist tyranny. So you can look forward to that. And then on Friday, Lucas Doremus, uh, quickly becoming a favorite guest, is going to be back on to talk about demonic powers, signs, and uh, wonders. And, but today, today we're going to be talking with Randy, of course. Uh, and I'm so glad that we are still here. We were wondering if this might be an ideal time for the Luciferians to launch some kind of a a crisis, a, maybe a false flag of some kind to try to push us into, uh, you know, the new world order ever so closer. Uh, and one of the passages that came to my mind as I was reading the news uh, this week was from Joel. You know, the book of Joel is one of those uh, prophets in the Old Testament, 6th century BC prophet, 597 roughly to 587, a 10-year span that he prophesied. And it's quoted in the New Testament, quoted by Peter in Acts chapter 2, and it it refers almost exclusively, all three chapters, to the future tribulation period, that time right before the return of Christ uh, to establish his kingdom, when the nation of Israel will basically be at a crossroads. Will they uh, accept the mark of the beast and follow the false Christ, or will they uh, change their mind, repent, and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and Messiah? And a famous passage in Joel chapter 2 begins in verse 28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit on them in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved or literally delivered. He's talking there about the end of the tribulation when the, the great and awesome day of the Lord, his return in judgment to execute judgment and tread the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God occurs. And at that time, any of the Israelites who call out to God, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, as they uh, were told to do, and as Jesus mentioned that they should do during his earthly ministry, they will be delivered into the kingdom, because as the passage goes on to say, in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord uh, calls. And I've been talking a lot about signs and wonders lately. We've been talking about that with uh, one of our guests, uh, Lucas Doremus. Uh, Randy and I have talked a lot about the demonic and UFOs and some of those things. I think he's got some updates on some of that for us uh, today. But one news item that caught my eye, and, and you know, when you understand the Bible and you've been studying Bible prophecy the way we mm -hmm. have here on our podcast, you, you see the news in a little bit of different light. And here was an article uh, from uh, yesterday on Fox Business. Uh, about how a woman disrupted an American Airlines flight having a meltdown caused them to turn around on the tarmac and get back to the gate and, and get her off of that plane because she says 
the person she was sitting next to was, quote, not real. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing here, she used a lot of expletives, but uh, she said, look, I've got to get off this plane. I, I'm telling you, whether you believe me or not, that person sitting next to me is not real. Now, we don't know the details. We don't know any more than what the headlines and the little the short uh, story here in the news is telling us. But I got to tell you, uh, Randy, with all that's going on in this world and the, some of the, you know, the AI and the embodiment of AI and the demonic presence and, and the UFO sightings and the Bigfoot sightings, it would not surprise me in the least if somehow this woman had uh, figured out or been somehow uh, clued in in her mental state that the that she was sitting next to some kind of cyborg. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that sounds crazy, but it could happen. Randy, thanks for being with us today. I hope you had a great fourth and can't wait uh, to hear about all the stuff you got for us today. Well, as usual, it is a plethora of stuff going on you won't believe, but I've got, I think I can solve the mystery of the lady on the plane. Was she at the White House immediately before that? And did she leave the cocaine there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> she, she was. Seems like she might have been high on something or... She might have just been, you know, you know, God gives discernment and God gives certain, you know, ability to see beyond the realm of time, space and matter. Maybe she was seeing something real or maybe she was just uh, high on cocaine. Who knows? Right. You never know. I mean, we make fun of them finding cocaine at the White House. Now, I'm not going to make any comments. Who else was there who might have been using it? Because I have no idea and I don't want to be sued. But I will tell you what, that is not the first time cocaine has been found at the White House. Oh, absolutely so, not. Remember, W spent I mean, eight years there, but enough of that. So, uh, Yes, and so, you know, it's not a surprise. It's just interesting. Yeah. But now, I, this is a question that everybody's had on their mind for probably 20 years. And I want to be the first one to deliver the answer. Okay? Everybody knows what spam is, right? That canned meat that you find in the store that's manufactured by Hormel. Well, I was looking over the information on the plant-based meats, the lab-created meats, and real meat. Now, SPAM stands for shoulder, pork, and meat. It's just a bunch of meat pressed together with lots of whatever, and uh, supposedly is healthy to eat. And if you're prepping, I would invite you to buy a few cans of that because that will survive like the cockroaches and the crickets after a nuclear attack. It will oh, not yeah. be changed. It will still be edible. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, we stocked up on Spam years ago. And, uh, you know, what you do, any canned goods, but Spam in particular, uh, stock up on it and then keep it, keep an eye on the, the expiration dates. And as it gets near, even though it, it will last forever, if you want to, you know, preserve the flavor such as it is, uh, you can start <laughs> eating the... Uh, eating the ones that are expired and then, you know, get new ones. But yeah, spam, it's definitely should be on anyone's preparedness list. I think it's on our 12-page uh, preparedness guide. And, you know, those three different categories of meat, though, I couldn't figure out how that fit in there as far as plant-based, manufactured, or real, because when you take a big glob of something and push it together, what is that? Is that real meat? I don't know. But anyway, something for everybody to think about, because that is the light point of the day. So, as we move along, all right, Angel Studios and the Sound of Freedom that I have talked about, the movie that uh, deals with child sex trafficking, uh, Jim Caviezel is the star. He plays an agent by the name of Tim Ballard, who worked for Homeland Security. 
basically went undercover to find all these missing missing children, the ones that were being abused and everything else. Uh, the director is Alejandro Monteverde. It's a very good movie. Uh, it is actual. It's not actual footage. It's not a documentary. It is a movie, but it covers what is called the Operation Underground Railroad that was started in 2013 to rescue all of these children from different parts of the world. Uh, there are 2 million children that go missing every year. And of course, they don't find most of them, but the ones that they do do. There are actually people and sections of our government that do have a very useful purpose. Now, I had thought that Mel Gibson was in here. He supposedly reviewed the film or something, but he had nothing else to do with it. But I would suggest if people really want an eye opener, go see it because it brings to light the underbelly of the world, which most people have no idea about. Yeah. And, and let me comment, too. I'm aware because I've been dialoguing with people by email about it. Um, I, I'm aware of the Mormon influence on it and the Mormon money behind it. I think Glenn Beck has some connection to the film. Uh, obviously, this is information only. It, 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 as uh, Randy said, it is a movie but it's uh, basically historical, uh, you know, fiction, if you will. It it uh, it's you know kind of based on a true story. Uh, and you know, when you study when you're studying the Luciferian conspiracy, uh, you know, you you've got to be willing to study materials that you might not otherwise read. And we're in no way condoning or endorsing you know Mormonism or any any of that kind of thing. But you've got to be able to eat the meat and spit out the bones. And there's a lot of information in there that is absolutely spot on, snatched from the headlines. It's the kind of stuff I've been talking about for 17 years. We talk about it in chapter 13 of, of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two, with um, the, uh, Kathy O'Brien's The Transformation of America and the Franklin cover-up with John DeCamp and A Silent Cry, that documentary, I think that's what it was called, that was pulled at the last minute after being advertised in TV Guide. So this is something that is uh, you know, very much a reality. And I, uh, if you can stomach it, I encourage people to 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 watch the film again. It's called "Sound of Freedom" uh, because it'll you'll never look at the world the same way again when you understand you know what's really happening in the in the deep dark uh, underbelly of of this uh, sick world that we live in. Yeah, it's it is disturbing. I got to tell you, but it's not so disturbing the way it's presented that you can't get through it. But it is something you need to be aware of. Now, I'm going to jump around a little bit here because there are different topics I want to get to. Our um, friendly Chinese, I find out that they owe us, they have a sovereign debt that has been incurred back in the 1930s in the amount of $850 billion. Now, this debt has never been paid, and the United States does not make any efforts to collect it. But since it's a sovereign debt that was basically taken out to help get their country started in different places, they owe $850 billion plus interest, so they owe $1 trillion. Now, the Chinese right now have about $867 billion in U.S. treasuries, I believe. And once you subtract that $850 billion, our debt to China really is not that high. Uh, we are paying $95 million a day in interest on it. And there are 20,000 people that made an investment in these bonds when the Chinese took them out that would like to be paid back. And um, I think the United States probably needs to do something to collect that before we worry about what we owe them. Hmm. You know, for some reason, 
The Chinese don't play by the same rules, if anybody's noticed. But it's something if you ever talk to your congressman, go, why, why do we let this stuff out there? When you think about how much that adds to the national debt, it's ridiculous. So anyway, just thought I'd mention that because I came across that in an article and I'm going, that debt is 90 years old. It's it's time to be paid. Hmm. Now, for all of us that, you know, you see these little surveillance cameras on the advertisements in magazines, on Facebook, on TV, etc., they're little cameras that you can hook up to your light socket, and then it connects to your computer. Well, a while back, I actually got a couple of those because they do provide pretty decent scanning av- availabilities. But I come to find out that there are two companies in China that make them, and basically what they're doing while they're scanning the outside, they're going through your computer, and they're going through everything on your computer, copying it, sending it back to our friends. So all of your keystrokes, all of your photos, all of your financial information has gone elsewhere. So tell me what this is. Again, this is these are are these cameras that you use for like security or? Yes, these are surveillance cameras. And there are two companies and they both they both deny it's happening, but it's been proven it has. I mean, they caught them doing it. But so So, ostensibly, the idea is you. You plug them into a regular out- electrical outlet, and then it somehow interfaces with your computer, and it allows you to kind of go onto your computer and see what that camera is showing in that room or something. It's like a surveillance. Or wherever you have it pointed, yes. Okay. It uses okay. your Wi-Fi system, so it ties in very nicely to everything. Hmm. Well, a professor Swanson in the United Kingdom, um, there was an investigation called Big Brother Watch, and it was through August of 21 through January of 22, and they found out at that time what was going on. And basically, anybody that's ever had it, it copied your information, sent it to the Chinese. Hmm. So if you have financial records, you had anything, passwords, whatever, they possess it now, too. So Shane is going to talk more about AI tomorrow. And oh, he's going to get into some stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now one thing. If you have Google, Microsoft, or anything else, Google now has their uh, AI, which I believe is BARD, if I'm correct. It is scraping everything off the internet. We had talked a few months ago what would happen if something ever had access to all of that information. BARD is now doing that. Everything on on the internet. So if you've made purchases, if you have cameras set up, if you've taken pictures and uploaded them, BARD is now uploading everything. So yeah, and, you have no privacy anymore. And let me clarify what we mean by that. And, and I'm eager to ask uh, Shane this too, and he'll be on uh, Thursday. Um, I, you know, they, they've already been uh, harvesting data, data mining, data collecting everything that you just mentioned. And they've been doing that for years, but the technology was such that really all they could do was grab it, throw it in what we they call a bit bucket in one of the fusion centers, one of the big data centers, like the one in Sandy, Utah. And, and then they, it was there if they need it, but to really use it for nefarious means, they'd have to have algorithms that could, you know, then log in and find certain things that you've said, written, keyed in on your computer, all of that kind of stuff. And, and believe me, it's, they're, they're listening. Even when your phone's off, these are, these uh, devices, smartphones and stuff are already are still able to, um, 
record. I mean, that's not no longer a conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, early on when I was saying that people thought I was nuts, uh, but they they have deals made with all of these major phone manufacturers to where they can use them even if they're turned off. So, so we're not talking about this being big, some big new earth shattering news in that sense that now they have access to this stuff. They've always had access to it. But with AI and these large language model uh, uh, groups like ChatGPT and BARD, now in real time, they're scraping it and they can actually do things much more, I don't want to say efficiently, but from, from their perspective, from the Luciferian perspective, it is more efficient uh, than they could before. So that's the that's the big news here that that's really, I think, uh, one giant leap forward in our march toward the Antichrist full spectrum planetary control that the Bible talks about. Yes, because... The amount of data this has to store is unbelievable, but with the quantum computers and everything else, it is now available. Uh, it's very concerning because nobody gives permission for this. They just do it. There is no regulation. There is nobody watching it. So if you say something, you make a phone call, you do anything, be aware anything you do is recorded, it is stored, and it could someday be used against you. Now, I noticed that Janet Yellen is scurrying her... Uh, body over to China this week. Uh, looks like the BRICS are going to announce their gold currency very soon. We have that. We have the $850 billion debt. We have the Chinese. Uh, basically, there are a couple of heavy metals that they are um, going to slow down their production of, and uh, that is gallium and germanium, because those are used in computers and computer chips. And since they manufacture 50% of it, since we won't let them have the advanced technology for computer chips, they decided they would just cut our supply. They also got together and they're buying all of the gold again, all of the oil they can. And it'll be interesting to see what Yellen does because Blinken went over there two weeks ago, came back with nothing. Yellen goes this time, and I wonder what kind of marching orders they're going to give her. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so let me interject. Why I'd like to get your take on why she might really be going over there. Now, Janet Yellen, for those who don't know, of course, she's the, secret, uh, the Treasury Secretary. Uh, she's one of the many examples that I've pointed out frequently of the in-your-face Luciferian agenda because she has worked in multiple administrations across both sides of the aisle. She was the Fed chair under both Barack Obama and Donald Trump for a period of time. She's uh, been the vice chair of the uh, you know, Federal Reserve. Now, of course, uh, Biden appointed her as the secretary of the Treasury. Um, but, you know, given the scope, the, the at least the official scope of her job, what 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 why would she be going over to China? Uh, is she trying to strike some deal? Is she trying to get them to hold off on uh, calling in our debt to them? I mean, what what are your what's your speculation? Well, with the other countries that China's talking to, <clears throat> I think they're getting ready to dump their treasuries. And that would leave the United States. We would go immediately into not a recession. It'd be even worse than that. I think they're ready to do it. I think they're ready to cut off the uh, rare earths the medications and everything else, because we have not been playing the Chinese. I think she's going over there to try to prevent that, like Blinken tried to prevent a war. They're both going to fail because I think China's made up their mind. And if you want to see a depression 
come overnight. If they dump all those treasuries and they cannot sell the treasuries that they floated for the current debt ceiling raise, we're in trouble. Now, I didn't really think about this, but I stopped at the bank this morning. And I said, OK, when is Fed now coming out? They said, well, it's going to be here, but it's not quite ready. We haven't gotten the final information. They said, we usually either get a letter or an email that'll tell us what to do. And I said, okay, so are we going to have a special number or, or what are we going to do? He said, well, more than likely, we're going to send out a mass email to everybody to inform them exactly how to access it, how to get in it, and if there is a way you don't want to participate. Now, we know it's coming. They said July of 23, he said it will be in the next couple of weeks. So he was sure of that. But I've had several credit cards that I've got new credit cards in the last month. I think there were six of them. So I never checked the service agreement, but I did this time. What I find is they raised the credit limit, but they also raised the interest. The one went from 19.9% to 32.9%. Mm. They also cut the cash advance. You used to be able to get $500 a day up to your limit of whatever your cash advance limit was. No longer. Now the one says you can access cash advance twice during a day, but you cannot exceed $200. Mm. I look through the rest of them. They're doing the same thing. What one basically cut theirs down to 125, one cut down to 175. So you see they're, they're trying to keep you from looking at the fine print. They're saying, hey, we're going to raise your credit level. Well, okay, whatever. I don't use them, but whatever. And then you look at the interest rate. I'm going 32.9% mm. for somebody that's not paying attention to that and runs it up. It's going to bankrupt you for crying out loud. It'll sink them for sure. And and I don't want to uh, divert us too far from your uh, uh, agenda here, but I'd like to talk about uh, the Fed now and stuff for just a moment. Um, sure. My, my understanding of this is, you know, when you talk about they they usually get an email, they, they you know, said they usually get an email or a notification that it's going to be rolled out. I think that's the bank. I don't, I don't think individual citizens are going to get contacted that the fed now has been rolled out because the fed now is is really for the commercial side the back end the technological side i think what we're going to see as individuals when the time comes is some type of notification that various parts of our financial portfolio have switched to digital digital currency like your mortgage like your um so social security payments um those types of things so the fed now has to be in place so that all of the banks and and savings and loans and things like that can credit unions and stuff can communicate instantly um and so maybe is it possible that what your bank was saying is that not that we all as individuals would get a notice, but that the the commercial institutions, banks, and corporations would. Is that your understanding? He, he's well. I, I asked him that specifically, and he said all of the institutions, everybody that's going to use it is going to get it. But he said we're also going to send it out to our customers because anybody on welfare, Medicare, Social Security, government government retirement, they're planning on putting those funds in FedNow into the CBDC unless you opt out of it. So he said, we have to give them time to decide what they want to do. But he said that they would be the 
non-commercial customers would be notified shortly after the commercial customers so they could prepare what they wanted to do. So could there be weeks or a month or sure for the commercial versus the personal, but like he said, it's coming out and they're going to have to get it to everybody. And and I find it interesting that, you know, the, the, the government always chooses names. And and when I say the government, I mean the nefarious people pulling the strings within our government. Ultimately, that's the Luciferians that are working at the behest of Satan to usher in a one world system politically, economically, religiously, and so forth. But they always like to use, you know, misleading names or names that in many cases communicate just the opposite of what they're intending. Things like the Patriot Act or, you know, the Department of Defense, when they change that from the Department of War, as if, you know, all the all the military ever does is defend and, and they, they're not out there, you know, toppling governments and working with the CIA to depose leaders and put in, you know, things, leaders that are in the best interest of our nation, uh, or at least the corporate, you know, banksters within our nation. Um, but so Fed now, it kind of appeals to this notion of instant gratification, instant access to your money. It's going to be better for you because you don't have to wait. I just got a notification while we've been on the air here, uh, Randy. Uh, you know, many of you know we've been dealing with flooding and hail damage. Our roof was um, destroyed. The guy that the, the adjuster that came out to look at our roof said he'd done six that day in our area, and all of them were ruined and needed to be replaced. But he said ours was by far the worst. He couldn't even mark all of the damaged spots. There were so many, and so uh, I just got a notice from our uh, insurance company, USAA. Uh, and it, they, you know, the way they do it is they they hold back some of the funds. They give you the majority of the funds, and then as soon as you have it fixed and show the receipt, then they give you the rest of the funds, less your deductible, of course. But they made a note in there, you know, you the funds should be available in one to two business days. Well, with Fed now, that's no longer going to be an issue. It's going to be instantaneous. And so Correct. this idea of instant gratification. Again, it's the opposite of what God's word says. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. And, and absolutely, we believe this digital currency, this, this digital architecture that's going to be uh, rolled out called the FedNow, they might think it's they might market it based on convenience, but it's going to ultimately bankrupt everyone and and leave us at their mercy and under their control for the basic necessities of life. And so that's why I've encouraged people to make preparations now to be able to live apart from that system because you do not want, no matter how enticing it is, you do not want to sign up for the global digital ID card that will be kind of the big umbrella under which the CBDCs and the Fed now uh, operate because once you do that, then you're you're completely at their control. That's right. And the thing is, with your your loss, I have no idea how much it is, but let's say you had a fifty thousand dollar loss, they would put it in your account immediately if you had Fed now. But let's say the FDIC decided all of a sudden they were going to seize those funds or they were going to change a currency. You have no control. It's not your money, and you would have nothing left to make the repairs with. The -hmm. days of us controlling our own destiny are over. Somebody is going to make a decision for us on everything, and I am not a proponent of that at all. No, and, you know, I've seen several different, you know, 
anecdotal uh, things happening that indicate something is afoot in the banking world. You've been talking about this for months, uh, Randy, and, and and giving illustrations, and we've given other ones as well. I think I mentioned uh, an experience my father had uh, down in Houston. But just recently, our bank at NBW Ministries, which intentionally is a local, privately owned local bank, been in business 100 years, um, uh, I know the the vice president. I, I I'm on a first name basis with them. I, I really appreciate them. I'm not going to mention the name, but uh, you know, and and you wouldn't know it unless you were in in, in this uh, rural region of of Colorado. But uh, great people. But uh, all of a sudden, I had an unusual thing happen where we had deposited a check, and I got a call that night that uh, they were scrutinizing the the name that had been written on the check, you know, not NBW Ministries or not by works or whatever it was. And I just asked the person, I mean, we cleared it up pr- pretty, pretty quickly, but I asked them why are, you know, this is different. I said, you know, I've been banking there for years and I've been, you know, our ministry has been in ministry since 1999. We've, it's the first time in over 20 years I've had a bank after we deposited a check, call me back and and question, you know, is this really us? And, uh, and they didn't have a good answer for it. You know, I, I was trying not to yeah. put words in their mouth and, and want, didn't want to say, hey, are you being held to a higher standard because of auditors? You know, wh- why the sudden scrutiny? Um, but anyway, it's just things like that, that, that coupled with what we know is happening from your research and from, you know, my own understanding of the Luciferian agenda uh, that really give me pause. So I think people need to be to be ready. Well, they do. I mean, if they're going to cut your cash advances this morning, I took some cash over to the bank. I was going to just deposit it back into my account. It would let me put in 350 bucks. That was it. Hmm. It said to deposit anymore. I've got to go inside to their ATMs there to deposit it. Now, who cares how much cash I put in an ATM? A hundred feet away is the main branch. Why do I have to go in there? You know, did it smell like cocaine? I was not at the White House. I promise. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. But we know stuff's afoot. We're going to know more in July, obviously. But if you need cash, expect a battle. Because I've heard other people go, they want to get like $1,000. And the bank does everything they can to convince them not to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really weird. But mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. Now. This is way off the track, but for the people that are diabetics, there are a lot of them now taking Wagovi and Ozempic. And I just happened to cross this the other day. Make sure if you're going in for surgery that your anesthesiologist knows you're taking that. Doctors are not telling their patients about these medications and what they do. And what it happens, it works on a certain center of the brain slows down the absorption of food. Now, when you go in for surgery, they don't want you to take and eat anything, drink anything for 12 to 16 hours before. The food you're taking with the Ozempic can be there for up to four days. Hmm. So the anesthesiologist finds out you're using that. He is going to cancel the surgery Hmm. because the aspiration uh, that occurs during surgeries because of the anesthesiology is very deadly. I mean, you'll get a chemical pneumonitis and die from it. Mm -hmm. So make sure your doctor, your anesthesiologist know that. I just toss that in there because, you know, my doctor, when she gave it to me, she gave me the script, never told me a thing about it. And I'm going, okay, so I found out all the good things by myself. But anyway, that's just a heads up because 
There are like 7 million people on that stuff right now. So be careful. All right. So moving right along, we now have a fight between Mr. Musk and Mr. Zuckerberg. Mr. Zuckerberg is bringing out a new platform called Thread or Threads. It's going to be the same thing as Twitter. And basically, it's going to work in conjunction with Instagram. And so you're going to have a choice if you like to use that platform. I personally do not use Twitter. I think it's for quits. And I am not going to partake in it because it it's useless for what I need. But now you have competition. So if you want to go with Mr. Zuckerberg, there you go. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about our friends, the Russians. All right. As you recall, a week ago, we talked about the Russians and what we thought was going on. That is um, Mr. Prigozhin basically being a puppet for Mr. Putin, uh, basically looked like he was trying to overthrow Putin and then being sent to Belarus. Well, the more that keeps coming out, that's exactly what happened. Putin is getting rid of all of his enemies. They're disappearing. I noticed that three more fell out of a building, <clears throat> a building about the 11th story. Now, I think there's 10 or 11 of them in the last six months that have fallen out of a, a building. Now, it's starting to kind of remind me of the Clintons. You know, everybody they knew died. <laughs> and here, Putin's enemies are going out the window. Now, the compound for the Wagner Group, should have been completed yesterday. Um, looked it up on um, Maxar. Looked like it was pretty much done, but I couldn't tell when the photo was taken. Mr. Prigozhin now has 8,000 of his forces over there in a nice compound, taking care of the missiles for Mr. Putin. Works out very nicely. And I come to find out that Mr. Prigozhin made a trip to Moscow over the weekend, and they gave him back all of his money that they had held, gave him back all of his equipment, and now he's transporting that all over to Belarus. Now, if only a blind person cannot see what's going on here. All right, the Ukrainians keep saying the Russians are trying to blow up the Zaporizhia, whatever the name is, uh, power plant. The Russians have no plans on doing that. They would not benefit from that. Ukraine is trying to ignite NATO into an Article 5 response. I mean, Ukraine's the only one that has anything to gain from this, and it's obvious they're doing it. And let, let me let me clarify for some of our listeners what you mean by Article 5 response. Article 5 of NATO says if one NATO nation is attacked, then all of the others have to come to their defense. Am I right? Correct. Exactly. Now, I want to ask you, too, about Prigozhin and the Wagner Group, uh, because now that the dust has settled a little bit, you know, you were starting to see more articles and reporting out there addressing some of the so-called conspiracy theories that uh, you and I uh, talked about right out of the shoot while it was still going on, frankly. Um, are you still of the opinion that one of the major reasons this whole I think there's no other thing to call it but a false flag happened was to position Prigozhin in Belarus so that he would be in a strategic geographic location when, you know, World War Three essentially breaks out. Is that still your working? Theory? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because I noticed on uh, Colonel McGregor, Scott Ritter, those guys and what I could find out myself, they have amassed hundreds of thousands of troops on the east border of Ukraine. They have more, and now they have Prigozhin up in Belarus, which is directly north of the Ukraine. They still have their military down in Crimea, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Now, NATO has a meeting on the 11th and 12th in Vilnius. 
I think that's in Poland, but I'm not for sure. Basically, the scuttlebutt is they are going to either grant Ukraine NATO status or give them protection. Now, Putin said, if you ever do that, we're going to march across Ukraine and we're going to stop somewhere in Poland and Romania. Hmm. Now, with all the troops that he's got positioned with Prigozhin where he's at, Prigozhin has access to all of those tactical nukes with the Russian Navy in the Black Sea. He's ready. Hmm. So when they make that announcement on the 11th, that's when I would suggest everybody ducks and covers <laughs> because I think he is prepared to move then. The yeah. And, and that's you said July 11th. Yes. Yeah. Now, one other Maybe. comment about the uh, the compound uh, just that popped into my mind as you were talking about, the, you know, the compound that they're building there for the Wagner group. Um, you know, people I just had a conversation yesterday with someone about uh, Babylon and how Babylon is plays a central role in the tribulation period. It's basically the headquarters of the Antichrist and it hasn't been rebuilt yet. And so people were wondering, does it need to be rebuilt, you know, before the rapture? Does it need to be rebuilt before the tribulation? And and, you know, you know, it's going to take, quote unquote, a long time to rebuild a whole city like that. Well, this, you know, reminds me it really doesn't take that long with today's technology and the engineers and the civil engineers and and you know if you have a whole mass of troops together you can put up basically a whole city virtually overnight i mean obviously not quite that quickly but it's nothing to build major infrastructure if you have enough manpower behind it uh very quickly and we even see yes. it on a much scaled down, uh, you know, level with you know commercial interest in America. I mean that you know you can build a, a CVS or you know Walgreens pharmacy in about a month's time. You know you you drive by an intersection one day and there's nothing there. You drive by a month later and there's a fully open and operating you know drugstore. So I just want people to to understand that you know as we try to interpret biblical prophecy and see how it might be you know playing out in real time. The fact that there's no Babylon on the map today doesn't mean that the rapture couldn't happen today. They can build that city very quickly in preparation for the Antichrist's uh, use uh, once the tribulation starts. Exactly. I mean, when you stop and think about Prigozhin, he's the bad guy. All of a sudden, he's the good guy for the Russians, which we talked about a week ago, the only thing that made sense. You have to stop and think. All right. He's to the north. The Russians are coming from the east. They're also coming from the south. Where do they plan on stopping? Because Putin said, if I go, I go. And he said, we will march through the Ukraine in a hurry. And there really is no Ukrainian offense there anymore. It's all defensive, pretty much. It'll be, it'll be something that the world will go, whoa, how did that happen? But the thing is, People, ugh, they don't dig deep enough on some of this stuff because everybody thought this was a real coup. Well, Prigozhin and Putin are not around when it's going on. Now they are. And I think on the 11th and 12th, I would imagine Putin is going to move pretty fast after that if that's what they decide. Yeah, I mean, it was all theater, no question. Uh, you know, there are a lot of evidence uh of that. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was completely uh, for show. I mean, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. I, I think I read somewhere. So, <laughs> you know, my question is what is in store for the United States when that happens? 
because we know the Russians have their people, the Chinese have their people here, they have their military on the outskirts. Uh, you know there's a special plan for us in there somewhere. We just don't know what it is yet. So anyway, that's something to look forward to. Now, the Chinese, the Russians, and India have been getting together and really getting some financial things together. Uh, the United States is kind of like odd man out. I did note that Russia and Saudi Arabia are cutting oil production by another one and a half million barrels a day starting this week, I believe. We were already 10 million barrels short per week last week. Now they're cutting another million and a half a day. They're going to have us between a rock and a hard place because the strategic oil reserve is now down to 20 days from 28 days when we mentioned this six weeks ago. So we have no reserve. I mean, 20 days, you would blow through that so fast that you'd be at zero. So prices are going up and supply is going down and this is not not going to be a, a good deal at all. Mm. So anyway, moving right along. the um, you know, We were talking, I think, a few weeks ago about the Chinese police stations in the United States. Well, they have found more of those. And um, unfortunately, also found out that the United States is doing the same thing. We have the same type of operation in 16 countries and uh, do basically the same thing. They enforce American law. And, you know, if somebody breaks the law, they basically take them out of there kind of undercover. And all of a sudden they show up back here. So when you start pointing fingers at somebody else, there's always several pointing back at us. I, I am utterly shocked that the United States government would do such nefarious things. I mean, uh, I'm obviously <laughs> I'm being facetious. I mean, just look up rendition. I mean, that that started under the Patriot Act. Well, you know, yes. we need to understand exactly. what rendition is. It's just a, a way to, you know, skirt around international law, uh, the Geneva Convention and the Constitution of the United States so that they can torture people, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's all a game. We know yeah. that. Now, we did find out also that the military in the last couple of weeks has made the determination that aliens are demons. Now, I don't know how it hit them all of a sudden like that. and They didn't have a clue before, but now they're scared. Mm -hmm. Now they're going, how do we fight this? What do we do with it? And where are they? So yeah. things are going to go bananas now. I mean, yeah, this this goes back to what we read at the beginning with Joel too about the the, the you know, wonders, signs and wonders in the heavens and the earth. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there have been people within the different military institutions, especially in the Space Force, uh, as well as government officials that are involved in the now official uh, UAP task force. Uh, it was you know it was black ops and black budget money for decades, but now it's all right out in the open. There have been people in those in that world who understood that this was most likely dimensional uh that's that they could not explain it any other way but i think you're right now it's becoming more and more obvious to more and more people that this is not little green martians from another planet this is something uh spiritual uh they know they may not understand it probably don't through the lens of scripture you know they don't see this as god's battle against satan and satan's battle against god but they are understanding that you know, as I, the the view that I've espoused in my Spirit of the Antichrist books, that this is ultimately 
uh, demonic. It's about the evil celestial beings that are uh, rising up, you know, manifesting themselves more often the closer we get to the climactic end of the age. Uh, and uh, and it's, you know, they're showing themselves and a government doesn't have a clue and doesn't know how to respond to them and, and sees it from their perspective as an existential threat uh, to our existence. And I guess in a manner of speaking, it is because ultimately the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going to come back and he's going to set up his eternal throne, uh, and uh, you know, people better be ready. Yes, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I've noticed a continual buildup of the military equipment in California, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. More tanks, more armored personnel carriers, San Francisco and L.A. Now, I don't know what's going on there, but they're building up quite a force there. They're also looking for something right off the coast of California. Now, as I was looking through the earthquake surveys yesterday, I see that there were a bunch of earthquakes in Yellowstone around the caldera that the USGS is not reporting. And I'm going, why wouldn't they report those? What, what is going on there? What is going on by the San Andreas Fault? I think they know something. Mm -hmm. We don't know, and they don't know what to do with it. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. So... Be aware. I mean, there's so much smoke going on. We don't know what the real um, problems are. We got a good idea, but there's some issues going on we don't know about. Last two things. Um, I watched a video this morning on the uh, Great Britain. They basically have joint policing. They have some of the areas of Great Britain that are under Sharia law. Those are no longer policed by actual British police or soldiers. They are policed by basically Muslim goons. They're not really police as far as I'm concerned. But the one this morning showed that they had a rape squad of Pakistani boys that raped 2,000 women in Glasgow. Hmm. There were no prosecutions, no investigations, and they said no hate crimes were committed. We're not looking into it. And that was by the Muslim authorities. Yeah. We don't want that coming here. No, Never. I mean, I saw, I Never. think I saw that same video or one addressing the same yes. issue called London has fallen. Uh, yeah, it's un unbelievable. Um, go ahead and mention your last thing, but then I want to ask you a couple of questions too before we wrap up. Okay. In France, the riots that are going on now, uh, let me tell you, besides the CIA, a lot of it has to do with Muslims. A lot of it has to do with inequity, inequality in basically their living standards and everything else. The uprising is basically against law and order of the French government. Macron is so weak, he can't keep it contained. The Muslims are trying to take over, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And if Macron is out in a month or two, wouldn't surprise me at all. Hmm. It's getting very violent. Um, it's going on day after day after day. And it's only going to be a matter of time until that spreads to some of the other countries there also. Hmm. Kosovo, Serbia, that entire area is having the same problem. So this is spreading throughout Europe like a wildfire. Uh, the Israelis are having problems, as everybody's noticed, being attacked daily. And so... Another problem we have to look at, because remember, we have Muslim terrorists in the United States thought to be in the neighborhood of 100,000. They've been here for a long time. So if that rears its ugly head, do not be surprised. 
Yeah. It brings back the old notion of the sleeper cells from, you know, after 9-11, which they talked a lot about. A lot of that was fear mongering. But um, yeah, I I tell you, it seems like we say this every time that things are heating up. Um, but that's because they are. And, you know, uh, you the, the question I was going to ask you related to France, and I should have assumed that you were going to not let us get through uh, the program today without addressing that, because that's certainly a big issue right now. But France is exploding. I mean, it's absolutely exploding. And, you know, yes. anytime you see hotspots that have, uh, you know, biblical relevance, it should get your attention. And people have been pointing out that Macron uh, in many ways, fits the potential bill as a candidate for the Antichrist for a long time. I'm not saying I agree. I don't think we uh, can know the, an- the identity of the Antichrist. A friend of mine, uh, Bill Perkins, recently said, "If you if you figure out the identity of the Antichrist, you've missed the rapture. So you've got bigger problems because we won't know the Antichrist identity until." after the rapture. But certainly uh, we can speculate based on the biblical data, what we know about him. And there are different views. Some some people think he's a Syrian. That's probably one of the leading candidates. Uh, he's definitely Gentile in my view, although there's a whole segment of Bible prophecy t- teachers out there that suggest he's going to be Jewish. I don't see it. Uh, they no. clear allusions in Daniel uh, to Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a Gentile, make it clear that this is a Gentile world ruler that's going to oversee the final revival of the Gentile domination of Israel prior to Christ coming back. So the next uh, Jew to sit on the throne of Israel will be uh, Jesus Christ, in my view. But um, yes. you know, going back to France, you know, um, it, it doesn't take much to for this type of uprising to spread. We saw it with the Arab Spring a few years ago, uh, and you're absolutely right when, when you, in passing, mentioned the CIA. Uh, people need to take some time to to go back and study uh, the CIA's co- uh, and, and FBI's COINTELPRO. Uh, COINTELPRO was FBI, but CIA does the same thing internationally where where they infiltrate uh, different movements. The FBI did it on American soil. I talk about COINTELPRO in my Spirit of the Antichrist books. And by the way, if you're new to the program, uh, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org spiritoftheantichrist.org uh, to learn more about those uh, that two-volume set. But uh, do do your own research on that, because what you'll find is that um, uh, the CIA is in the business of uh, both, in some cases, openly, and in, in most cases, uh, you know, in, in black ops, uh, going into other nations, fomenting unrest, stirring up trouble as a means to an end. And we are focused on the here and the now and the immediate, you know, sort of uh, give and take back and forth, the cause and effect situation before us. But ultimately, there are several steps ahead. It's about it's never about what it's about. So there's something afoot here, I think, being orchestrated by the powers that be, the Luciferians, that uh, is leading us toward global unrest for the express purpose of ushering in a one world system. It's it's order out of chaos. You know, they've got to destroy so they can build back better. And the the number one target in their destructive plan is America. They've got to destroy America. So don't be surprised if some of this unrest spills over here. It would not take much uh, for these uh, agents of, uh, you know, unrest and deception to creep into different truth movements and stir the pot and get them to take up arms. And next thing you know, we've got a civil war on our hands. 
Exactly. And it's interesting to note that France approached the BRICS nations wanting to join. And they said, thank you, but no. Hmm. Now, you got to wonder what that's about, because, you know, that just shows that NATO is fracturing. NATO is not going to be a power for the indefinite future. But why would France do that? Why would they say no? France's economy is supposedly pretty good, whereas China's is teetering a little bit and um, just kind of makes you wonder after their big meeting in Vilnius next week, when they come out of there, if they actually tell us what's going on, if it will be the same entity that it is now, Hmm. maybe substantially different. Yeah, no question. Well, Randy, uh, man, excellent stuff as always. There's always so many things out there. We could spend uh, hours really uninterrupted just reflecting on different news items, but you always do a good job of kind of talking about some of the headlines as well as uh, digging up some things that your average person maybe hasn't heard of. I know that's the case for me every every time you, you come on. So thanks so much. I want to leave our listeners with um, uh, just an encouragement uh, from God's word about the gospel. You know, the, the Bible really is a story of redemption. Uh, it is God telling us his plan of the ages and in the process uh, reminding us of how he took the initiative to get us out of the predicament that we got ourselves in. And so the, the gospel, the word gospel in scripture in the New Testament means good news. And obviously good news only has uh, meaning if it's in the context of bad news. And the bad news is we're all sinners. Ever since Adam and Eve, everyone descended from Adam and Eve is a sinner. You can't get around it. It's in the blood. And uh, that sin consigns us to a literal place of torment called hell. Uh, We chose to sin, by the way. Um, We have no excuse. Romans 1 makes that clear. It's as if we were right there in the garden taking a great big bite of that forbidden fruit ourselves. So we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Um, God had uh, cautioned us. He had given us uh, the, the warning signs, and yet we continue to sin. And the wages of sin is death. Um, but God, in his extraordinary love and grace and mercy, um, took the extra measure to get us out of this predicament we got ourselves in. And he did that by sending his eternal son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, to the earth, who lived a perfect, holy, sinless life, and being sinless, nevertheless, paid a penalty for sin. And not just a penalty, but my penalty, your penalty, every penalty, every man's penalty, every woman's penalty. First John 2, 2 says, he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And so propitiation just means the, the, the satisfaction of God's wrath. And so, so everyone's sins have been paid for. Uh, but as with all gifts, you have to receive it. Uh, he doesn't. It doesn't mean that every human being now goes to heaven automatically. That would be universalism, and that would go against everything the Bible teaches. In the same way that we were not forced to sin, we had free will. We are not forced to be saved. We have free will, and you have to receive the free gift of forgiveness and eternal life by trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone uh, for salvation. And I wrote an article this week that was posted at least yesterday uh, in the number one spot on the main homepage of Harbingers. I'm checking right now to see if it's still uh, there. They've moved it uh, over onto the devotional uh, side. Uh, Now it's number one spot in the devotional side, but it was called Why a Clear and Urgent Gospel Message Should Be the Centerpiece of Every Bible Prophecy Sermon. And I explained in there that, you know, in our attempts to point people uh, to the eastern sky and remind them of the soon coming of the Lord, we don't want to miss 
the importance of pointing them to the cross, because that's what matters most. And so as we close out today, uh, I encourage you to check out that article at Harbinger's Daily, or you can get to it from our website as well. But most importantly, just examine your own heart and make sure that you have trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life. Because if your hope and faith is in anything else to get you to heaven someday, your religion, your good works, uh, your behavior, your heritage, your baptism, your repentance of sin, you realize, I hope, that uh, repenting of all your sins doesn't save you. You know, you can stop sinning tomorrow, and you're still just as much a sinner as you were before you stopped. Sin is a matter of the heart, and we need a heart transplant, and that can only happen by faith. If we could get to heaven because we stopped sinning and forsake all of our sins, then Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. So we want to receive it as a free gift by faith. And I hope that if you have not done that, you'll do that today. So thanks again, Randy, for being with us. And uh, uh, to all of our listeners, if we can ever do anything for you, please reach out. Um, we're a pretty small ministry. Uh, my daughter, Brooke, works for us. My wife works. Uh, Wendy works with us. And uh, But we do our best to reply to all the emails and voicemails and things like that. Check out notbyworks.org. And um, um, by the way, I should have done this at the beginning because uh, thinking about emails reminded me that we get new listeners all the time. And someone asked me recently, who's Randy? <laughs> so I just want to mention, you know, you've been with us for a couple of years now, but Randy is a good friend, colleague, and expert in geopolitical affairs. He's a private detective. He's an EMT. He's got a background in law enforcement. He's just got lots of connections, over 30 sources uh, uh, that he you know, has well-placed around the military and other places. And, and so he's just a good source of information for providing commentary and reflections on world events. And so that's who Randy is. But don't forget to stay tuned for the rest of this week. Got lots of great uh, guests coming. And I'll announce it here for the first time because I'm excited about it. On Monday of next week, I've got Leo Homan uh, on the program. And I can't oh, wait to pick his brain just a incredible, uh, you know, mind, and I love his reflections. And uh, let me save some of our guests the time of emailing us. I'm aware that uh, Leo and I are not exactly on the same page in terms of the end times events and the order of the rapture, but that's beside the point for this particular uh, purpose. I, I just want to have him on to to provide his insights on some of the things that are happening marching us toward the uh, uh, the one world uh, global control grid. He's just done excellent work uh, on that. And I've just really come to appreciate him uh, as a brother, even though we may disagree on some things. So look forward to that on Monday. I'll say more about that later this week. Thanks for your prayers uh, with our uh, struggles with all of the flooding and the hail damage and things like that. God is in control. We really have benefited from your frequent uh, notes and kind emails and texts. Uh, keep them coming. Keep the prayers coming. Still a lot of work to do to kind of dig out, and uh, we're still uh, trying to figure out what to do uh, with, you know, restoring everything in the basement. Right now, all of our belongings are scattered in other parts of the house, mostly in the garage, as we uh, think about um, what to do down there. We did get a, a commercial dehumidifier that's down there running uh, around the clock, hopefully to dry up the sheetrock so we can maybe save some of that. But appreciate your prayer, continued prayers for that. And uh, until next time, God bless you, everyone, and have a great rest of the week.